Live from Portland International Raceway in Portland, Oregon. This is Indy Lights, presented by Cooper Tires on the IndyCar Radio Network and Sirius XM IndyCar Nation. The run to the 2022 Indy Lights Championship could come to a close today here at Portland International Raceway with three races to go. It is time to go racing with the future stars of the NTT IndyCar Series. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on IndyCar Radio. My name is Nick Yeoman. Our driver analyst is Davey Hamilton. And, uh, Davey, the story of, at least for this lights race, an opportunity for Linus Lundquist to put the closing, close the door on this championship. How does he have to approach things uh, starting from the fourth position today? You, you know, Nick, he's in, a, he's in a really great spot right now to where he doesn't have to push really hard and try to make sure that he leaves here with the championship. He just needs to be conservative, make sure he just has a good finish. And even if it, it's not wrapped up, Nick, today, he has such a huge lead in the points championship that, you know, he can still in Laguna. So if, he, if it's there, he starts fourth, you know that if it's there, he is going to take it. So he'll be aggressive, but he just needs to make sure he finishes his race. And as we continue to talk, turn one is the big question mark for any kind of car, any race on this track. Turn one's a big question on that first lap. Linus Lundquist just has to add one point to his 108-point margin that he had coming into this weekend, and he will leave the champion at the end of the day. He's not on the front row, though. A pair of uh, his HMD teammates were, and yesterday after qualifying, we caught up with the front row, first with Alex Wolf standing by with Benjamin Peterson. Benjamin, we talked about it earlier today after practice when you were quickest at the Pacific Northwest, home for you, and you definitely have made yourself home here at Portland International Raceway. How was the car feeling that qualifying session? Oh, I'm so happy to get this first pole at, at what feels like home. I grew up in Seattle, so really appreciate all the support. Um, I've been working so hard for this for a long time, so a lot of momentum right now, and um, now the next focus is just to go win the race. Talk about trying to win the race. The outlook for the event should, of course, always be chaotic down into turn one here at Portland. What do you think you need with this 24 car to really close the deal and get a win? I think just a good start. Um, we've had a great car the whole week. We've been fast, so good start. I, I don't want to think about it quite yet, how it's going to map out, but just check out and then try to do my own race. And, yeah, I'm excited. Exciting qualifying session for you, Benjamin Peterson. Congratulations and best of luck in the race. Thanks. Let's head a little bit further down pit lane to Dan Rusinowski. We're the driver of the number 68 car for HMD Motorsports with Dale Coyne Racing. We're with Daniel Frost. And, Daniel, you were looking for your fourth career pole first of the year. You finish up second, which is your best starting position of the season. Your thoughts on what you got done? Yeah, finishing P2 was, you know, good, but not ideal. Um, looking over the weekend, we've been so quick all the time, and, you know, just one-tenth. I knew exactly where it was as well, turn one. But, you know, it's unfortunate that I didn't get that, that tenth, which would have put us up front um, in front of Benjamin. But, you know, congratulations to him. Congratulations to the team for having a front row start. We've done an amazing job, and, you know, starting at the front row is pretty nice after having the whole season where we've been in the midst. So, yeah, front row, is. I'm happy with that, and we can always fight for the win for tomorrow. Qualification is one thing, but getting things in race trim and ready to roll on Sunday is another. What are your uh, your impressions as to how this race is going to be? Well, you know, you can't predict what's going to happen, but you can, you know, 
have a vision of what's going to happen. And um, since we're starting on the outside, that's always a good opportunity to make a move from the outside. Um, you know, he make a mistake, I make a mistake, or something like that happens. Uh, there's always an opportunity, and with this push to pass deal where we have 150 seconds, there's a lot of room to play. And you know, it's easy to pass here in turn one. Uh, we're such a long straight, so. Uh, I think we'll be good. Um, I'm not not too worried about how, how tomorrow's going to play out, but, you know, I'm quite excited to get it going. You can certainly get excited with all that push-to-pass time, but you also have to be patient, don't you? Yes, most definitely. Yeah, you only have 150 seconds, right, for 35 laps, so you got to play play the part and make sure that you know what you're using um, per lap, uh, per se, so you don't run out towards the end of the race. Um, so we definitely have to make sure that we're on a good strategy for that. But, um, yeah, we have to maximize uh, using it to try and get, get around the guy in pole. So um, if we do that, then we're, we're secure for the win. We're glad to see Singapore represented in the top row. Good luck. Thank you so much. So some really good insight there by uh, the front row, Benjamin Peterson and Daniel Frost. Just one win this season uh, between those two. So uh, very hungry drivers here towards the end of the season to see who will win here at Portland International Raceway in the Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tires. Here to give the command to start the engines for the Indy Lights Grand Prix of Portland, it's the Cooper Tire brand ambassadors. On behalf of Cooper Tires, drivers, start your engines. Has been given. Here's today's Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tires starting lineup. Row six. Flynn Lazier, United States. Christian Vogel, United States. Row five. Kiffin Simpson, Cayman Islands. Ernie Francis Jr., United States. Row four. Jacob Abel, United States. Hunter McElroy, New Zealand. Row three. Matt Brabham, United States. Stingray Rob, United States. Row two. Linus Lundqvist, Sweden. Christian Rasmussen, Denmark. On the outside of row one. Daniel Frost, Singapore. And starting on the pole. Benjamin Peterson, Denmark and United States. A 1.9-mile road course in the Pacific Northwest. Three good turn announcers going to help describe the action. We start down there in tricky turns one, two, and three. High above those corners, we welcome in Michael Young. Uh, good morning, Nick Yeoman, as the field makes their way out onto this Portland International Raceway, a tight turn number one. Actually, one groove, a good groove, and that's to actually put that car underneath or right on top of those rumble strips. That right-hander will then lead you into an extremely tight turn number two. The goal is to carry as much speed as you can into turn number two, yet have that car woe down enough to really accelerate to the exit of turn number two, which leads you to turn number three. It's a smooth-flowing turn number three which allows that field to roll out into turn number four, and that's when this race course really opens up. At the 300-foot mark down to the 100-foot mark, those drivers may go down a gear or so and then roll themselves through the right-hander of turn number four. Then they'll sweep through a short straight and make a right-hander into turn number five, where they'll come to the view of our very own Ryan Marine. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Michael. And indeed, that is the section of the track that really starts to tighten up, the section right in front of me in my vantage point here above turns five, six, and seven. Turn five is a right-hand corner that feeds out of turn number four. It carries a lot of speed on entry, but then you got to woe it down to get your 
yourself presented for one of just three left-hand corners on this circuit. That would be turn number six. The curves to the inside, they are bumpy, but they are usable. Most of these Indy Lights drivers do elect to use that inside curbing in turn six, then allow that car to drift to the outside for that brief run into turn seven. It widens up on entry, but really just one usable line in that braking zone for that slow corner of turn number seven. It's a right-hand bend that leads them towards the back straightaway and into the view of Mark James. Thank you very much, Ryan Marine. Turn number seven, very important. You want to maintain all the momentum you can. Climb hard back into the throttle, and the reward is a 2,180-foot back straight. It bends to the right, which is turn number eight. Then it straightens out just a little bit, but only just a bit. Before you not know it, it's turn number nine. It's a bit of a left-hander. This is where I think no matter the series, no matter the car, they look so very bad fast. It's almost a switchback between 9 and 10. Then you better gather it back in because you'll sweep through turns 11 and 12, get back to that main straight where Nick Yeoman, you'll get to the start finish line, hopefully first, and bottom line is this. Very fast, very technical racetrack here at Portland International Raceway. Yeah, there is uh, some really exciting spots around this racetrack. Uh, Davey, the question is, turn one, can we get through it? You watch some of the road dandy races. It's been a challenge this weekend. Well, they haven't. No no series this weekend's made it through their clean at all. So let's hope that this will be the first one of the weekend to get through their clean. Now, we don't have as many cars right now in the Indy Light Series. Hopefully that helps out. And I think they're going to start the race just a little bit early with these like they do the Indy cars, I think, this weekend. So they're coming around turn 9 and 10 now, Nick. Yep, pace car has pulled away and accelerated away from the field. That means it is in the hands and in the right foot of Benjamin Peterson looking for that first career win out of turn number 12. The alignment looks good. Green flag is in the air, and Peterson, shot out of a rocket, takes the race lead, moves up to driver's left, sweeps down to the right. Michael, he's going to try to protect the bottom into turn one. He'll lock him up at the entrance of turn number one, but Benjamin Peterson will lead the field through. They are clean through turn number two. Daniel Frost in that second position, but the battle is for third. Matthew Bravo on the outside of Christian Rasmussen. He will have the advantage as he makes his way through turn number four. Rasmussen will take that third position away. Yeah, Brabham was a big mover on that initial start. He had to give that position to Rasmussen. He settles back in fourth. Peterson has legged out a five-car length advantage over Frost. The fight is on side-by-side side behind. Jacob Abel, Flint Lazier, among others, going side-by-side side in the run into six. And contact there in seven. A couple of cars off, Nick. Uh, looks like Flynn Lazier, Mark Jaynes, he got into the side of uh, Christian Bogle. Both of those drivers off the racetrack. Yeah, that car is uh, rolling to a stop. Bogle's car, Lazier, looks as though he got his back underway. Great jump at the start for Matthew Brabham, Nick Yeoman. He started in the sixth position, rolled it up to about uh, fourth, uh, to third, and then had to settle for fourth. We'll check back in on Christian Bogle. Look like he's able to get back going. Flynn Lazier was rolling for a while, Nick, but now he has come to a stop. Now we have a full course caution. Yeah, Bogle's got that car back out onto the back straightaway, but as you mentioned, Flynn Lazier, it could be some suspension damage uh, with that number 15. In fact, Davey, we can see the rear of that car, definitely some left rear suspension. Yeah, unfortunate for Flynn, just got a little bit too aggressive, tried to shoot underneath Bogle going down into that turn seven and just didn't have the room and slid up right in front of Bogle and just, uh, you know, unfortunately a rookie mistake on, on Flynn's part, but 
Uh, boy, I would like to see him finish this race. It's good to see Lazier in this series. But right now, as I said, he just got in too low, locked the brakes into Bogle, taking both of them out. I think both their days are done. Well, Flynn's is done for sure. He has suspension damage on both left side tires. And I think Bogle's right front is damaged as well. Yeah, the third-generation driver, son of uh, Indy 500 and series champion of uh, the IndyCar series, Buddy Lazier. Uh, the good news for Flynn Lazier is he is scheduled to race in the two races at Laguna Seca. But, boy, this one ends way too quickly for the driver making his debut. Again, contact around turn number six will end Flynn Lazier's day. As for Christian Vogel, he is slowly bringing car number seven down to pit lane where the HMD team will certainly take a good look over at that racing machine as will our pit reporters. So a full course yellow here at Portland International Raceway. Benjamin Peterson is the race leader. Daniel Frost second. Christian Rasmussen got up to third on the initial start. Matthew Brabham fourth. Championship leader Linus Lundquist in fifth. But again, the story is the incident between Christian Bogle and Flynn Lazier. Let's go to pit lane and Alex Wolf. And Christian Bogle has brought that HMD Motorsports number seven. He's right now turning the wheel to the right, and they are focusing on the right front suspension. And you'll hear going past Stingray Rob, who got a fresh front nose on that two car. Yesterday's birthday boy, Stingray Rob, going back out onto the track. And uh, that, that makes sense, Davey, because we saw the AMR IndyCar safety crew hustle out there after the field made their way through turns one and two to pick up some debris. And the fact that Stingray Rob just brought that car to pit lane leads us all to believe that that was probably the debris that was picked up down there. Yeah, more than likely. And I seen in the backfield, Simpson actually looks like he may have had a slight bit of contact. Good job by Matty Brabham trying to replay going through that corner as well. Um, a lot of aggressiveness, but they did a pretty good job for just having a small piece of debris. Unfortunately, by the time they got to turn seven, Flynn just tried a little bit too hard getting into Bogle. So the report from Alex Wolf is a right front toe link for Christian Bogle uh, in the contact with Flynn Lazier that uh, has really put a damper to both of those drivers' day. Lazier out of that car, the AMR IndyCar safety crew working just outside of turn number seven, right before the drivers uh, get to roar those cars to life down the back straightaway, where they will uh, have to, I would assume, pick that car up off the ground with the suspension damage, where Lazier will end with a 12th place finish. We'll see if Christian Bogle can get that car fixed. We see crew members working on that machine right now, uh, but he is already two laps down, make it three laps down. Uh, here at Portland International Raceway. Well, the championship, of course, Linus Lundquist, uh, the leader in the title race, 108-point uh, advantage coming in, needs to leave with 109 as they run right now. It's just a 106-point lead over Matthew Brabham. But Lundquist did a nice job, Davey, in the hornet's nest there in fourth, just survive that first corner. In fact, all <laughs> of these drivers, all told, did a pretty nice job in the turn one. That's right. Gives up a spot to Brabham, but that's okay. You know, he's in, he's cars in one piece or single file now, and and hopefully they'll, they'll start this uh, restart just a little bit earlier, I'm going to guess, on this front straightaway. The draft is going to play a part. Turn one's not over yet because it starts and restarts that caused the problem. But right now he's in a safe spot in that fifth position. Yeah, David, we really didn't see the lights drivers. Uh, the, the protocol didn't seem to be the same as what we have heard IndyCar is going to try to do with having the leader, uh, Scott McLaughlin, the pole sitter later this afternoon, begin to accelerate out of turn number 12 uh, with this smaller field size. It seemed like Benjamin Peterson kind of brought 
bottomed down at a slower pace all the way down to the start-finish line. Yeah, you know, I thought that they might. I, I didn't read. I know the IndyCar is going to change or something like that. Ah, maybe lights would do the same without reading it. But, no, they, they did their standard one. It actually worked out okay, though. And, uh, like I say, it, that didn't affect what happened in turn seven. So restarts are always interesting. Unfor- you know, now we're down to 10 cars instead of the 12 that we started with. So, uh, there's a lot of racetrack, Nick. There's 1.9 miles. Let's hope that all 10 of those don't think they need to be at the same place at the same time. Mark James, we've been keeping an eye on the uh, cleanup efforts for Flynn Lazier. It looks like they may be moving that car at the moment. Yeah, they've got it up on the hook. Uh, finally, they got him out of the car. He got into the safety car, obviously. Uh, it, it looked okay, and uh, they'll get him back uh, to the infield in that car. Uh, I think uh, they're going to back it just out of harm's way off of turn number seven behind the wall, Nick, so we can get the, the proceedings back underway a little quicker. So a full course yellow here to start the Indy Lights Grand Prix of Portland. Four laps in the books. Benjamin Peterson is your race leader. Daniel Frost is second. Christian Rasmussen had a really nice start. Uh, dropped the green flag, kind of sliced his way up to the middle. He's running in the third spot. Matthew Brabham is fourth, and Linus Lundquist is fifth. Let's go to Dan Rusinowski quickly down on pit lane. Dan? Buddy Lazier certainly has so much experience now watching his son Flynn in his very first Indy Lights race. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on what just happened? Uh, I thought it looked like a racing accident, wheel-to-wheel uh, wheel contact. But, you know, he's, uh, it's hard to enter a field uh, this competitive at the end of the season. I, I think my son Flynn is doing a great job, uh, a young driver with, I think, a great future. And uh, it's just hard to come in and compete against this uh, competitive of a field at the end of the year. I think even next weekend will be better than, than this one. We're looking forward to that. Good luck. Thank you. Green flag back in the air, and Benjamin Peterson gets a really nice jump across the start-finish line. Michael, looks like about a three-car length advantage over Daniel Frost. And that's what he'll hold through turn number two. Peterson's front end wiggles ever so slightly. Daniel Frost in that second position. Then Christian Rasmussen, Matthew Brabham, and our points leader, Linus Lundquist. They round out your top five. The field clean. Here comes Benjamin Peterson through turn five. At the back of the pack, Stingray Rob picked up a spot on the restart. He jumped Kiffin Simpson to go up one position. Peterson has built a huge lead, and the fight is on for second. Rasmussen goes to the outside of Frost. They're side-by-side into seven. Somehow they make it work, but Matty Brabham might be the big winner in this, Mark. Yeah, Matthew Brabham takes a look, trying to go two for one here, but he's going to get shut off. The door got shut. They're single file off of turn number eight. Looks like they're going to spread out again as they start to set up for turn number nine, but let's go back to Ryan Marine. We got a spin here. Christian Bogle was released from the pit lane well behind the pack. He just went around in turn six, but got the car refired. He is back underway. Boy, fast, quick, scary moment down in turn number nine. Davey Hamilton, Christian Rasmussen, full song, tripped through the grass here in Portland. Oh, boy, that was tight going down to that turn 10. Just not enough room for both cars. And, boy, Rasmussen went for a ride, didn't he? Good job. Oh, we got another one deep into the tire barrier. Can't see who it is, but he's deep in the tire barrier big time. Yeah, Ryan, is that the incident you saw over there? I don't think so. I think that's a separate incident. Bogle had a simple spin in six. He continued on, so we'll have to try and ID who's found the tire barrier. My, My apologies. It sounds like it might be Daniel Frost. We saw... Christian Rasmussen go hauling the mail 
up and over the uh, turns 9 and 10 chicane. Didn't see what happened with Daniel Frost. He was right there in that battle for second, but uh, the tire barriers to the outside of that corner, Davey, uh, have been elevated. That looks like a big hit, so we'll keep the fingers crossed for Daniel Frost, who has uh, tumbled all the way to 10th position. Yeah, and what happened there, uh, for sure, coming off that long straightaway, Rasmussen and Frost decided to go through their side-by-side. Not a wise move early on. Pushed Rasmussen to driver's right. He shot through the grass. The camera stayed on him as Frost went through that corner. Unfortunately, I think it must have bent some toe link or something because we'll get a little replay of it. And then, uh, yeah, what happened is it just shot him straight off the racetrack. And the camera view has Rasmussen, but not so much uh, Frost at this point, so he wasn't able to see that impact. And Mark Jades, I mean, that is arguably the fastest part of the racetrack right there. Well, you know, we talked, we described it. I mean, it just comes up on you so very, very quickly, and you're carrying such a high rate of speed. I mean, think about it. That's over 2,100 feet, that back straightaway, and then all of a sudden, you got to wool it up, and essentially, you know, you got to swing it left and then back to the ride. And, uh, well, I'll tell you, that was a scary, scary incident. But, uh, Davey, I, I think you got to give a tip of the cap to Matthew Brabham. I mean, they started to go three wide about the midway point of that back straightaway off of turn number eight. Matthew Brabham realized what was coming to turn nine. He didn't want any part of that. He let those guys fight it out, and now the dust has settled. He's moved up to second place. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I have, uh, you know, when I relook at the play right now, unfortunately, I, I kind of. You know, that they were racing and racing hard, but I kind of put that on Frost. He didn't give the room to Rasmussen and kind of pushed him off the edge of the racetrack. What that did is it turned Frost just a little bit sideways, and then he could correct it straight off the racetrack, full speed, straight into those tire barriers, and thank God for the tire barriers. He's getting out of the car right now. Uh, he's standing on his own, talking to the safety workers, so that's good news, but that was a tremendous hit. I know those tires are soft, but when you hit something and stop, come to a, a stop so quickly like that, it's never fun. Yeah. And, but how about Brabham, as you just said, Mark? What a job he did. Started back in that seventh position, I think, and finds himself second right now on lap eight. So again, it was a three-car battle for the second position with uh, Matthew Brabham putting the pressure on in fourth. And uh, the battle for second was between Rasmussen and Frost. They tried to go side-by-side side through turns uh, 9 and 10. It didn't work. Rasmussen went flying through the grass. And then uh, just off frame, it was a nearly a head-on hit for Daniel Frost into the tire barrier. And the good news is we saw that young man from the Singapore hop out of that race car. I shouldn't say hop. Uh, gingerly climbed from that machine and the AMR IndyCar safety crew uh, giving him a, a good look over. But that was a big hit for the driver from the Singapore. Let's go back to pit lane. Alex Wolf, you've got an update on one of the drivers involved with our first incident of the day. And Christian Bogle has brought that seven car back in. They took the front and rear covers off. Right now they have the speed wrench out, and they're focusing on it looks like the right rear damper on the back end of that seven car. And so still all kinds of trouble. Looks like it's going to be a shock change, actually, for Christian Bogle. So he's in for the second time, and he's had trouble on both ends of the machine. Yeah, he's got an opportunity to pick up a few more points now with Daniel Frost most assuredly out of the race. Uh, and we'll see in terms of uh, Christian Rasmussen if there was any damage to car 28 after that trip through the gravel. But it is Benjamin Peterson, your race leader. He's led every lap so far here on lap number eight, working a full course yellow. Matthew Brabham now assumes the second position. Linus Lundquist, the championship leader, moves up to third. Jacob Abel runs in fourth. Hunter McElray is fifth. Ernie Francis Jr. 
now moves into the sixth position. Stingray Rob is seventh. Kiffin Simpson is eighth. Christian Rasmussen did get that car back on the racetrack, still on the lead lap. He's in ninth. And then out of the race, uh, Daniel Frost in tenth. Christian Bogle, they're efforting to get him back onto the racetrack. Right now he is provisionally in 11th. And then out of the race, the uh, first accident of the day involving Flynn Lazier. He did not get to complete his uh, first lap in Indy Lights competition. He'll finish 12th today. So uh, Davey Hamilton, uh, again, you know, we talk about it, the uh, the strength of these race cars and, and the tire barriers. Really happy to see Daniel Frost climb out of that machine. Yeah, no no doubt about that. And, uh, man, he, he shot across the grass. And one thing, it is a slowdown area, but this grass is so slick right now that it really doesn't give him the opportunity to slow down much. And plus, a bit bumpy. Looked like some tires came off the ground. And then uh, that tire barrier was, you know, 10 tires deep with some rubber matting around it. And that definitely uh, cushions that hit. But um, as you said, good to see him get out of that. It was still a big, big hit. Man, as for what it means for the race, uh, all of a sudden things get pretty interesting. Benjamin Peterson's done a nice job up front. But Matthew Brabham um, and Hunter McElray, or I should say Brabham and Lundquist, have a chance now to really mix it up for a race win. While they continue to clean up the accident, let's go to pit lane. Alex Wolf standing by with a gentleman who's already claimed a championship this weekend. That's right. The road to Indy being represented here this weekend with their finales. And Michael D. Orlando for Cape Motorsports, the USF 2000 champion. And, well, when it comes to USF 2000, third time was a charm this year. And what a wild way to take a championship. Yeah, I mean, that this weekend was crazy. I was 23 points back from first, uh, it was Miles Rowe. And I know uh, coming in this weekend, it, it wasn't out of it, so I was thinking it ain't over until it's over. And this whole time, just try to keep a level head, let my, my experience take over and be like, yeah, let's just stay calm and collected, let everything happen. Um, once Jason Miles got into it a couple of times, I just followed straight through and tried to do the best that I could. The Capes put together a really good car, and everyone that put me here just... Ended up putting me in a really good position, and uh, yeah, it just definitely made my way up to the front because of it. You talk about that experience and maybe trying to calm yourself down, but also in the position after the runner-up finish last year, really in a must-win situation with that scholarship money. Was it hard to maybe find that balance, and especially this final weekend, between trying to stay calm but knowing you got to push and you got to go for it? Yeah, I think the whole year is quite hard to find that balance. Um, I know as a driver, I'm more of an attacker, so I'll go whenever I have a, a shot at going for a win, I'll try to take it. And, um, you know, sometimes it doesn't necessarily put myself in a good position in the championship. So um, I've been really trying to focus on keeping a level head and make sure that this weekend I made some good decisions. And uh, if anything worked out in my favor, it was going to happen because I made those decisions. And, I mean, the Cape, the Cape, I can't thank enough the, the Capes and Road to Indy for making this possible. It's been such a difficult series, um, especially, I think, one of the hardest I've ever driven one of the hardest competitive series and to be on top right now is such a blessing it really is you're on top of it and not only the graduation for you up the ladder but cape motorsports now leaving the usf 2000 moving up to the indy lights ranks for you now with the scholarship money i know that one season just ended yesterday but what's uh, next year looking like for michael d orlando well like you said before this is the last season for cape motorsports and i'm Super grateful to be the the, dri the driver to end it off for them. That number four totality wall at Kid Motorsports car was so fast this entire year. So I'm super glad to end it off on a high note. And for next year, take that scholarship money. Thank you, Road to Indy and Dan Anderson, for supplying that for me. So all the way to Indy Pro, and let's see what we can do there. 
Well, we certainly look forward to seeing what you do in Indy Pro 2000, where you end up at, and uh, best of luck in the future. Thank you so much. That's Michael D'Orlando, the USF 2000 champion for Cape Motorsports, was crowned yesterday here at Portland International Raceway. Yeah, congratulations to him and that uh, team. A well-earned championship, and uh, always good to hear from one of those names to maybe stick in the back pocket, keep an eye on. Maybe we'll see him in Indy Lights and maybe IndyCar in a couple years. We shall see. Uh, good news, uh, both Flynn Lazier and Daniel Frost have been checked and cleared uh, by IndyCar and the AMR IndyCar safety crew. And Davey, uh, IndyCar, uh, the officials deemed no action on the incident involving uh, Christian Rasmussen and Daniel Frost down there in turns 9 and 10. You okay with that? Yeah, actually I am. I'm okay with that. It was more of a racing deal. They went in there side by side, and, and when it's wheel to wheel like that, and they touched pretty early on in the corner, so it did send you know Rasmussen to the right, and, and uh, Frost to the left. They both got their own penalty, really, and, and so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely good with that one. Got a tip cap the the, uh, the AMR safety crew as well as the track personnel here at Portland International uh, doing some some tire repair to the exit of turn number ten where Daniel Frost went in uh, nose first so this is a bit of a longer caution the car and uh, the driver have been removed from the corner but of course got to make sure those tire barriers are shored up just in case another accident were to happen down there. So we're working lap number 11. Benjamin Peterson, your race leader. Matthew Brabham is second. Linus Lundquist is third. Let's welcome in uh, Mark James, the voice of the IndyCar Radio Network. Mark, big time Grand Prix of Portland. A little bit later today when we take the airwaves at 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific. Uh, this Indy Lights Championship, we think it's pretty much decided that is most certainly not the case in IndyCar. Uh, there is somewhat of an unlikely scenario that can lead to Will Power actually winning the championship today. He's got to max out on points, and Newgarden, Dixon, and Erickson uh, most significantly need to have off days for them. However, if Will Power wins, Palo, McLaughlin, and Award are eliminated no matter what. Be that as it may, it's a long way from being decided. Newgarden's task made a bit more difficult by the fact that he starts a little deeper thanks to a six-position grid penalty. He'll be back in the eighth position. Erickson, Scott Dixon, they start a little deeper in the field. But Scott McLaughlin will lead the field along with Will Power on the front row to the green flag later today. Yeah, let's talk about a couple of those drivers that have a chance to play spoiler. Scott McLaughlin's still mathematically eligible, but he right. certainly has a chance to win today. And then Christian Lundgaard, the rookie who has no chance at a championship, still looking for the Rookie of the Year honor another great qualifying effort by that young man. Yeah, and you know, that Rookie of the Year championship is significant for him, and it wasn't that long ago. We thought it was a foregone conclusion, but uh, a late-season surge by David Malukas, who qualified 10th, by the way, has people thinking that that's going to be a battle, too, that goes down to the season finale next week. Yep, it's going to be interesting, no doubt. The Grand Prix of Portland coming your way here on uh, IndyCar Radio, on our network affiliates, Sirius XM 160 and 85. Of course, the uh, IndyCar mobile app, racecontrol.indycar.com. You can go to indycarradio.com. Uh, we always appreciate the folks at the racetrack listening on scanners as well. Lots of different outlets that you can hear live coverage of IndyCar and Indy Lights action. Of course, we've been on air all season long. Anytime IndyCar or Indy Lights have been on the racetrack, we've been right here to guide you through the action. And it has been a lot of fun, especially in IndyCar as well here in Indy Lights with uh, what has been a fun championship, watching Linus Lundquist really establish himself as a driver that could be poised for an IndyCar future, but also some nice results from drivers 
drivers like Hunter McElray, who's got two race wins on the year. Matthew Brabham had a thrilling win at, uh, just outside of St. Louis at Worldwide Technology Raceway a couple weeks ago. He's got two wins on the year. Christian Rasmussen finally broke through and got a race win, as did Daniel Frost. Uh, so lots of different drivers that have really established that they've got what it takes. And uh, Davey, ultimately, as we kind of start to look ahead to 2023 for some of those drivers that are going to return, once Linus Lundquist is out of the picture, guys like McElray, who's already confirmed, Matthew Brabham, who says he'd have no problem coming back and running another year in Indy Lights. So I think we all of a sudden look at those guys as possible championship contenders if they can get contracts and situations uh, nailed down. Yeah, and I think the situation, especially with, we, let's talk about Matty Brabham first, the first one that you, you know, we know that Lundquist is going, and then Matt, Matty, it's taken him a while. He's been out of these cars for eight years. It's taken a while to get really the hang of it, although he won the very first race, but that wasn't on pure speed. So, uh, you know, I don't know if there's any room for him in the IndyCar paddock right now, but I, I, I congratulate him on saying, hey, I'll come back to Indy Lights. Don't be bigger than the sport. Keep racing and keep winning, and that gives you the opportunities. And then, you know, when, when it comes to Peterson, these guys, I don't know if there's any uh, any space left for him. All right, let's hear from Daniel Frost, standing by with Dan Rusinowski. Daniel, a pretty significant contact there. What was your view of what happened? Um, you know, I lost uh, the back end. I made a small mistake there in turn six and uh, protected myself going to the back straight. Um, saw Rasmussen on the in, on the outside, actually, and, um, yeah, I needed to protect protect the corner, and I thought I had it cleared. And going in there, um, you know, it's, a one, it's, it's not really a passing opportunity if you're on the outside, and I'm not entirely sure what, what was going on there um, on the other side, but, you know, um, yeah, I made contact and I saw the wall coming towards me, so kind of sucked. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, there's nothing much I could, could have done different there. Um, yeah. But more progress made, obviously, a good starting position, number two, to begin the race, and you've got the victory a little bit earlier this year. Now let's look ahead for you to the last two of the year at Laguna Seca. Yeah, I'm super excited to, to hopefully come back again. You know, um, had some struggles, but um, hopefully Laguna will be a place. We've been strong here. We've been strong at uh, the race before. So, you know, Laguna shouldn't be an outlier, and uh, I feel like we're going to do well there. So let's just see how that goes. We'll keep that up. We're glad to see you're all right. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you. Daniel Frost and the pits as they go back to green. Yep, back to racing into turn number one. Michael Young once again. Benjamin Peterson, your race leader. And Peterson has a three-car length advantage, but the driver trying to make the mood is our points leader, Linus Lundquist, all over that rear wing of Matthew Brabham. Brabham from sixth to second, but this will allow Benjamin Peterson to check out about three car lengths ahead of Matthew Brabham, then Linus Lundquist third. Here comes your leader, Benjamin Peterson. Peterson gets the back end loose on the approach to six. He's able to corral it, but drifts a little bit wide. Even still, he's built a gap up to about four car lengths over Brabham, who runs second. Lundquist is third, but he's got his mirror full of a hard-charging Jacob Abel making his way through turn seven. Yeah, Linus Lundquist not going to force the issue knowing what's at stake. However, he built that uh, rather massive points lead by being ultra-aggressive for sure. He'll take the opportunity if it comes. It's not coming yet, though, as they set up for turn number ten. Single file through turns nine and ten. Uh, further back, seeing Christian Rasmussen and Stingray Rob starting to mix it up. They're bearing down on the back of that 99 car of Ernie Francis Jr. in sixth. But across the start finish line completing lap number 15 the advantage for benjamin peterson michael six tenths of a second 
Yeah, the front two start to check out. Peterson about four car lengths over Brabham. Now that battle for third starting to shape up. Linus Lundquist and Jacob Abel. Abel makes about, oh, four car length advantage in the arrears of that machine of Linus Lundquist. But back up front, Benjamin Peterson checks out. Four car lengths over Brabham. It's four back to Brabham. Four car lengths back to Lundquist. Four more back to Abel. That's how they run. One through four. Hunter McElray runs in the fifth spot. And he's got Ernie Francis right behind him. The field snaking their way through turn number seven on the approach to turn eight. Ernie Francis Jr. currently running in the sixth position, trying to hold off the seventh place running Stingray Rob. So things start to stack up a little bit. It's Abel, McElray, Ernie Francis Jr., Stingray Rob. That's the battle for fourth through seventh while the leaders start to pull away into turn ten. Yeah, that's no doubt the best uh, battle right now on the racetrack is uh, Benjamin Peterson back on the front straightaway. The advantage, about five or six car lengths over Matthew Brabham. Well, let's take a peek at that battle for sixth. Ernie Francis Jr. Last couple laps, Michael, ever since they've restarted, Stingray Rob's been all over that rear wing. Here they come into turn number one. Stingray Robs trying to make his way back through this field. He's about two car lengths behind Ernie Francis Jr. Rob gets a nice launch out of turn number three. He'll close that gap down to about a car length and a half through turn number four. It's Stingray Rob on the attack with Ernie Francis Jr. No change at the front, but Stingray Rob, who celebrated a 21st birthday yesterday, he's the man on the move. He tucks his nose to the inside of Ernie Francis. Not close enough to make a move, however. They go on the binders there into turn number seven, climbing out of the turn seven area and Stingray Rob has to settle in single file behind Ernie Francis. I'll be just in front of them Ryan Marine and say see Abel and McElray heating up. That's the battle for fourth as the front three really start to pull away. Jacob Abel has that position in the 51 car. McElray the 27 starting to pull up on him as they work their way through 9, 10, and 11. And nearing the halfway point Davey the good news finally finally seems like we're starting to establish some race pace. Yeah, we are. Now, one thing that I don't know it's going to play a part, but one thing we always love in the Indy Lights races is tire degradation. They do not make pit stops here, so those who wear their tires out quickest um, usually falls off at the end. But we've had quite a few yellows, Nick, so I don't know if those, uh, those tires are going to fall off or not. But right now, we do see some pressure, especially from McElray on Abel. Yeah, Ryan Marine, Hunter McElray, about a car length behind Jacob Abel into five. That's become the best battle on the circuit. McElray closes in. This is as close as he has been since the restart. Abel was putting some pressure on Lundquist a little bit earlier in this run, but not anymore. Now he's playing defense. McElray, three car lengths behind. Yeah, really nice run off of turn number seven. They'll bend it around through turn number eight and then really get full song. They've started to separate themselves a little bit from Ernie Francis Jr., who finally has a little breathing room away from Stingray Rob. Well, as I say that, Nick Gilman, here comes Stingray. Ray Robin to tournament 10. Yeah, some really good battles just out of podium position as the front three have kind of broken away. Peterson, Brabham, Lundquist. They run one, two, three, separated by two and a half seconds. But boy, Michael Young behind Jacob Abel for fourth. It is a hornet's nest. Everybody separated by just a couple car lengths. And that battle with Stingray Rob and Ernie Francis really shaping up. Stingray Rob drove to the inside trying to get the advantage over Ernie Francis Jr. Unable to take advantage of that. This is the battle for that sixth position. Stingray Rob closes in within the car lane. He's as close as he's been in some time. Puts that rear wing of 
Ernie Francis firmly in his sights through the left-hander of turn number six. They put the power down. Again, Stingray Rob closes in under braking, but not close enough to make a lunge. Francis holds down that spot. Won't be long, and Stingray Rob will have his own set of concerns. Can't be worried too much about what's in front of him because of what's approaching from behind. That's the eighth place running. Christian Rasmussen, he's on a pretty good runoff of turn number eight. And Davey, to your point, two cautions for 13 laps. So not only are these drivers able to manage those tires a little bit easier, as many laps that were run under yellow, but think about the advantage of push to pass. I would imagine these drivers are going to be able to lay on that button a little bit more for this race. Yeah, that's right. I, I sometimes forget about the push to pass, and right now, you know, Peterson's used a little bit. Brabham, he still has plenty left. A lot of these drivers are holding out till the end. Francis Jr. could be the one in trouble. Only 82 seconds left with Stingray Rob behind him with 115 seconds left, so that could hurt, uh, that could hurt Francis Jr. into this race. As we mentioned, uh, two cautions for 13 laps. The first one involved Christian Bogle. Alex Wolf, we were, I think, pretty optimistic they might be able to get that seven car back onto the racetrack, but it sounds uh, doesn't look like it, it's going to happen because you're standing by with a disappointed driver. That's right, Christian Bogle out of the seven car looking at the rear end of the car with the engine cowling off. Christian, I know some trouble's really off the top of the race for you. What happened there, and ultimately what put you out of the race? Yeah, no, I thought we had a pretty good start. Uh, made up quite a few positions and, uh, yeah, just ended up getting caught up in a little bit of uh, trouble in turn seven. Um, thought it was just the front right that we had damage, came in, fixed what we thought was the issue, went back out, and uh, just something else broke in either the rear or the front. We can't really find the issue at the moment. Uh, we were pretty optimistic that we could fix it, but it seems like it's a little bit of a bigger issue than we can address right now. So a bit unfortunate because I feel like we had some pretty strong pace, but... Um, yeah, we'll look forward to going into Laguna. Well, we're sorry to see you out, and best of luck next week at Laguna. Yeah, thank you. So Christian Bogle will finish 11th. Again, three cars out of the race. Daniel Frost took a big hit uh, into the turn 10 tire barrier. He was uh, okay. We heard from him moments ago. Uh, he'll be out of the race in 10th. Christian Bogle 11th. And then Flynn Lazier involved in that first lap accident. Uh, he does not complete a lap and will finish, finish in 12th today. Davey, we're watching some of the battles towards the back of the pack. Ernie Francis Jr. doing a pretty good job holding off Stingray Rob. Considering the pace of those two cars throughout the season, Ernie doing a nice job holding down that sixth spot. Well, yeah, one thing that Ernie needs to do right now, he needs to hold it down, no question about it. But back to the push to pass, he needs to control that. His team needs to tell him, hey, hold, only use it when you absolutely need it. Because uh, he's down to 61 seconds is all that he has right now. And right now, seeing Ray Rob behind him with, a, with well, here now it's just updated. Francis Jr. with 39 seconds, all he has left, for, and uh, Rob with 88 seconds left. So both those drivers use quite a bit of push to pass to try to get that one spot for six. And, Michael, we're starting to see some aggressive entrances into turn number one as those drivers really probably tired of looking at the rear wings of their competitors. They certainly are in that best battle still, that sixth-place battle, Ernie Francis Jr. and Stingray Rob. But Benjamin Peterson, Matthew Brabham, and Linus Lundquist, Nick, has checked out from the rest of this field. Yeah, 13 laps to go as we work lap number 22. It is Benjamin Peterson, your race leader, by 1.3 seconds over Matthew Brabham and Linus Lundquist. Standing by, Alex Wolf with another one of our champions this weekend. Alex? That's right. The Indy Pro 2000 was on track, wrapping up their season this weekend. Louis Foster for Exclusive Autosport, the champion there. And Louis, first off, congratulations on the championship. And compared to USF for 2000, it was a little bit more dominant of the year than on the lower rung of the road to Indy ladder. How was your season in Indy Pro? 
Yeah, obviously it's been a great year. I've really enjoyed it uh, thoroughly. My first ever year here racing in America. So um, yeah, the team's done a good job. Um, you know, I feel like I've did a pretty good job this year. So thank you to Exclusive. How, how have you felt like you've really uh, translated to this American style of racing? Uh, it's, been, it's been tricky. It's definitely been a little bit different, especially with having to do ovals and stuff like that and uh, a few street courses as well thrown in there. But, you know, it's a challenge that we worked hard to adapt to and managed to, managed to get it done. Of course, we'll be getting used to you a lot here in the Indy Lights ranks. So for fans listening at home and here at the track, sort of tell us about Louis Foster's road to the uh, top of the road to Indy ladder. Yeah, well, I started karting when I was about five years old and then uh, raced in the UK for a few years. And then last year I did uh, some stuff in Europe, uh, some racing in Euro Formula, and then obviously came over here this year for Indy Pro. So uh, it's been a long road. I have that scholarship money, of course, for 2023. Have you maybe started to talk to teams yet? One and two, out here maybe doing a little bit of a scouting. What do you think about the Indy Lights series? Yeah, obviously, um, we're looking at doing Indy Lights next year. and. Um, We'll, uh, we're going to announce what, what team we're going with here on Thursday next week, so that, that'll be out then. That should definitely be exciting, and for you coming over here, what do you think of this Road Indy ladder system? Because it's, it's really unlike anything that there is throughout the world as far as the feeder series goes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the opportunity to be racing here with IndyCar on the same weekend, and also the scholarship prize money that you, the Road to Indy has is uh, something that you know, no one else in the world offers, so it's, uh, it's, it's great to be here. Well, Louis Foster, congratulations on that Indy Pro 2000 championship, and we look forward to seeing you next season out on track with the Indy Lights. Thank you. Yeah, look forward to uh, hearing that announcement coming up soon of where he will be racing as well. So congratulations to Louis Foster. Look forward to seeing how he does in Indy Lights uh, a year from now as we have seen some really talented drivers rise up from the Indy Pro ranks. Michael Young, we've been watching uh, Stingray Rob just really try to work over Ernie Francis. It got harried down in turn number one. We'll let you describe it as well as this lap because they're back on the front straightaway once again. Yeah, Harry is an understatement. Stingray Rob got to the outside of the entrance of turn number two as he tried to pass Ernie Francis Jr. for that sixth position. And they went side by side, nearly forced Rob off the track as we see Ernie Francis Jr.'s back end stepped out. That allowed Stingray Rob to close in on Ernie Francis Jr. Then Christian Rasmussen thought he joined the battle. Turn four, they nearly made contact. That put Kiffin Simpson in the battle. That battle still ensues in front of Ryan Marie. The battle for six, Ernie Francis and Stingray Rob. Six. 7th, 8th, and ninth, all running in a train, and right now, at the head of that train, it is Ernie Francis, but Stingray Rob has other ideas. Closes in a little bit in turn number 7, now putting the power down, headed down the back straight, but still not close enough to pounce. And, and again, no matter what Stingray Rob does, he has to be careful because uh, Rasmussen is lingering in that 8th position. He'd like to grab a hold of that spot, but for now, Ernie Francis Jr. is winning that battle as they work their way down the back straightaway. Yeah, they have been slow it out here over the last several laps up front Benjamin Peterson back across the start finish line with nine laps to go he is honing in on that first career Indy Lights win his advantage over Matthew Brabham is 1.5 seconds Brabham has been able to keep pace but losing you know a couple hundredths or a tenth per lap we'll see if he can gather it back up championship leader Linus Lundquist has kind of settled into his own area code he's 4.7 seconds behind the race leader he runs in third uh, the bigger news though is as they run right now with the points, he would not clinch the championship this weekend. He'd have to wait another week before inevitably he takes home that Indy Lights championship and scholarship. Then it's been a good battle for fourth between Jacob Abel and Hunter McElray. They are separated by about seven-tenths of a second. And then the uh, battle
battle we've been documenting over the last several laps. It is towards the rear of the field, but uh, a quartet of cars. Ernie Francis, Stingray Rob, Christian Rasmussen, and Kiffin Simpson running six through ninth, and they have uh, really been dicing it up at times around this racetrack at Portland International. Tenth uh, is Daniel Frost, who's out of the race. Eleventh is Christian Bogle. Twelfth is Flynn Lazier. Once again, Michael, it's the best battle. It's now three cars. Ernie Francis Jr. by about two car lengths over Stingray Rob back to turn one. Stingray Rob just biding his time. He's gotten underneath that rear wing again of Ernie Francis Jr. He'll look to the inside at the exit of turn number three. Ernie Francis, a car length ahead of Stingray Rob, but Stingray Rob carries a lot of momentum through turn number four. But Ernie Francis Jr. able to defend as they enter turn five. Francis has parried every thrust that Stingray Rob has thrown his way. The number 99 Force Indy Machine makes his way through turn six. Ernie Francis with a three-car length advantage over the Idaho native Stingray Rob. It's another three-car lengths back to his closest pursuer right behind him. Yeah, and, and turn one seems to be the place where he's able to gain a bit of an advantage over Ernie Francis Jr. And Nick, as we watch that battle, we can't say that the battle for fourth's been decided between Abel and McElray. That one looks good off turn number 12. Yeah, Davey, those two red and white cars on the front straightaway right now. Jacob Abel holding on, but Hunter McElray has kind of stayed within three or four car lengths the last several laps. Yeah, he sure has. There are times I've been watching them. They just go back and forth. A tenth here, a tenth there. One a little bit faster than the other. Also looking at the push to pass. They're pretty equal on push to pass. So it's going to come down to flat out who has the best, uh, you know, the bravest uh, pass, potential pass at the end of this race. It is the battle for the fourth position. Ryan Marine, Jacob Abel's got it. Hunter McElroy wants it. Abel slides a little bit with the rear of that race car into turn six, but he gathers it up, not giving enough of a gap to really come under much of a threat. They clear turn seven, and behind them, here's the Francis, Rob, and Rasmussen battle once again. They remain separated by just a couple of car lengths, but Rasmussen might be closer to Rob than he's been in previous laps. Uh, so a couple of good battles, the one for fourth between Abel and McElray. Then the other battle, just about six seconds behind them, Ernie Francis Jr., Rob, and Rasmussen. Nick, the battle for fourth, and the battle essentially for sixth. Yeah, they've uh, been good battles. Haven't seen any of these drivers uh, over the last couple laps. Been close enough to maybe make a late dive. Christian Rasmussen's got a nice charge out of turn number 12, trying to run down his teammate uh, Stingray Rob down the front straightaway, but again, evenly separated by about two or three car lengths. David, we don't want to ignore our race leader because this is shaping up to be uh, really a banner day for Benjamin Peterson. This is kind of what we've been expecting. That young man showed a lot of pace this season, uh, probably had a couple race wins that he's deserved. He's about six laps away from finally conquering it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you're right. We haven't talked about him much or watched him much because he's really checked out. Almost a two-second lead over Matty Brabham. Brabham has another couple-second lead over Lundquist. It really starts with Abel McRae with a huge battle. And then the four cars with Francis Raw Rasmussen um, behind there. So, uh, yeah, we good on him. He needs this win. He deserves it. He, he's been in position to do it. This could be his first one. And Matthew Brabham uh, about two seconds behind uh, again, just losing hundredths of a second every lap. Not falling out of it, but uh, certainly hoping that Benjamin Peterson makes a mistake. Down the front straightaway, Michael, it's about eight to ten car lengths the advantage for Peterson into one. 
Peterson already make his way through turn number three, Nick, and he's got about a two-second advantage. Call it nearly three seconds back to Matthew Brabham. Then Linus Lundquist all by himself in that third position, but this battle for fourth really starting to shape up. Jacob Abel could be tired day as Hunter McElroy starts to close in. He's within three car lengths. McElroy locked up the right front on the approach to four, but it didn't slow him down, Andy. He is right there. Meanwhile, further back, Singray Rob finally made that pass on Ernie Francis, and he's already built a four-car length advantage. Francis now playing rear gunner once again because he's got Rasmussen breathing down his neck. Yeah, Rasmussen is all over him now as they start to set up for turn number seven. We'll see if he can climb on him. Don't know if the tires have gone away or what on that 99 car, but we do know that Stingray Rob has opened up a pretty nice advantage. Nick, how about we check back in on that battle for fourth between Abel and McElray? Yeah, that has been a good one. It was separated by just a couple car lengths the last time and in turn number one, Stingray Rob, uh, again, he, he has his sights set on joining that battle. He's going to have to make up about six seconds. Uh, Davey, we're seeing a, another replay of that pass as uh, Stingray Rob got to the inside, and boy, it was awful close between he and Ernie Francis. Yeah, that's right. As we watched Rasmussen go by Ernie now, and what happened, Ernie just used his push to pass up way too early. And he's going to try to fight back with Rasmussen. doesn't have quite enough to do that. And when you use your pass, push to pass up, and the other ones have plenty to go, that is a problem. But we see down at turn one where Stingray Rob is using that line right up next uh, basically goes underneath the curbing and and where Francis was still going around the curbing losing a little bit of time to that area as well it's a tricky spot down there too David but we saw in qualifying Colton Herta kind of bounced his right front tire off of that uh, the fence there so these drivers both in IndyCar and Indy Lights cutting it about as close as you can possibly get yeah, and it seems the lower you go and the closer that fence, the smoother it is, ironically. It really kind of takes your car completely underneath those rumble strips. I had to give it a little try in the two-seater today just to see what these drivers were experiencing. Never have done that before um, on this racetrack. I've always been going around them, but surprisingly, whoever figured that out the first off, uh, it's pretty smooth. It actually is pretty smooth through there. There is a big dip there. If you want to hit, you don't want to be halfway. You want to commit to go all the way below those bumps, or you want to stay around them, because if you go halfway, it wants to bounce the car in there. But uh, right now, all these drivers going below those. It's actually really smooth. You don't even know there's rumble strips there. Peterson, Brabham, Lundquist, one, two, three, battle for fourth. Continues to be good. Ryan Marine between Abel and McElroy. And there's a sense of urgency, too, Nick, because the laps are dwindling. Abel holding on to that spot, having one of his best runs of the season, but he's going to have to fight for it if he wants to hold on. The pressure is starting to mount as the car behind is closing in. Abel, though, holds on to the spot through seven. I think the pressure is pretty constant. There's no question it is uh, inching uh, ever tighter, little by little by little, in this impressive battle for the fourth position. They have been slugging it out while the front three have checked out. Yeah, and the important thing for McElroy is with Matthew Brabham running second on the racetrack, he's also moved to second in the points, and McElroy is in danger of uh, losing track of possibly finishing second in that championship. It's the battle for fourth. Back onto the front straightaway, Michael, and headed to turn one. Indeed, it's a great battle. Hunter McElroy will all, almost put himself in position to make a pass. He's closed it down within a car leg. Jacob Abel puts his right sides on those rumble strips in turn number four. But Hunter McElroy is there, closer than he's ever been, trying to take over that fourth-place position. That gap is still just one car link between Abel and McElroy through turn number six. Abel still able to hold down that position into the braking zone for seven. Abel still with a one-car length advantage. It starts to leg out a bit. 
headed towards turn eight. That battle for fourth works its way to the back straightaway as they are slugging it out up front. The lead for Benjamin Peterson starting to dwindle. It's down to 1.1 second. It was about two seconds. He's going to see the white flag, so we'll see if he can hang on. White flag in the air for Benjamin Peterson, but Michael, a late charge coming for Matthew Brabham in turn one. Brabham locks him up as he enters turn number one. Benjamin Peterson trying to win his first race of 2022 in the ultimate fashion, re leading from the green to the checkers. He's got a Ford Carlings advantage over Matthew Brabham. He continues to close in at turn number five. Peters been, Peterson has been no stranger to the podium in Indy Lights, but still looking for that breakthrough win. How sweet it would be to do it on home turf. A native of the Pacific Northwest, he's got that advantage, but Brabham continues to close in. Question is, could Matthew Matthew Brabham steal another one late as he has done a couple of times this season in the Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tire. He's going to have to pedal 20. A hard charge out of turn number eight by Benjamin Peterson. He makes his way down that back straight for the final time, he hopes, into turn number nine. He's carved that lead in half. Matthew Brabham down to a second. He's got to within six or seven car lengths, but out of turn number 12, he's going to run out of time and speed. Home sweet home for Benjamin Peterson. He'll score the victory at Portland, winning his first career race in the Indy Light Series. Matthew Brabham comes home in second. Linus Lundquist finishes third. Lundquist will not clinch the championship, and across the line, Jacob Abel holds on for fourth over Hunter McElray in a battle that ensued for the uh, majority of the second half of the race. Peterson, Brabham, Lundquist, your podium, Abel McElray, the top five. Dave, that turned into a good race, and what a hard-earned victory for Benjamin Peterson. Yeah, really good job. One thing I'm a little surprised about on the push to pass, uh, most drivers use all theirs up. But uh, the leaders, Peterson had 29 seconds left, Brabham with 32, and Lundquist with 19. You'd like to think they could use every bit of that up, but they probably got to the point where it wasn't really helping them. But, but uh, that's there for a reason. All the other drivers end up with zero, and a uh, good job by Abel hanging on to that fourth place over McElroy. And as you said, the points championship, he needed 109 leaving here to clinch. Well, it's 103. It's all but close. But but we the exciting thing, it is going to go down to the last race right now. But Brabham with another strong run and has a nice lead over McElroy, Rob Peterson top five. Yeah, the trophy and check are waiting for Lemus Lundquist, but they're going to have to wait another week for him to get his hands on it, the doubleheader of uh, Laguna Seca, but another strong run for Lundquist. Really uh, a quiet day as he settles in and finishes in third, uh, 6.4 seconds behind Benjamin Peterson, who again scores his first race win in Indy Lights. The winning margin over Matthew Brabham under a second. How about that? Nine-tenths of a second. Uh, the winning margin is Brabham. Maybe didn't make him sweat, but certainly got a lot larger in those rearview mirrors uh, in the closing lap. Uh, so it's Peterson, Brabham, Lundquist, your top three. Abel fourth, McElroy fifth. Stingray Rob and Christian Rasmussen, again, did get around Ernie Francis Jr. in that great battle towards the rear of the field. They finished sixth and seventh. Francis comes home in eighth, ahead of Kiffin Simpson in ninth. And then the three drivers out of the race involved in accidents, the most spectacular being Daniel Frost, who took a uh, head-first trip into the tire barriers at the exit of turn number 10. Uh, happy to see him out of that race car after a big hit. He finishes in 10th, completing just five laps today.
Christian Bogle and Flynn Lazier, who made his Indy Lights debut. They tangled on the race's opening lap. Bogle comes home in 11th after completing just one lap. Lazier uh, does not see the start-finish line out, completing zero laps. As for the points, Salinas Lundquist, your points leader by 103 markers over Matthew Brabham. Uh, Brabham has that second spot by 11 points over Hunter McElray, who sits third. Stingray Rob is fourth in points. Fifth is Benjamin Peterson. Peterson might be close enough. In fact, he gets to within four points now of Stingray Rob, so he's got a chance as well to uh, stake the claim as the second best driver in lights for the doubleheader at Laguna Seca. Let's hear from some of our competitors. Matthew Brabham had a late charge. Dan Rusinowski, he gets to within a second, but he'll end up second on the podium. Boy, you had the leader in the rearview mirrors pretty pretty large at the end, and that's sort of one of your patterns this season. Just your thoughts on starting in P6, avoiding some of the trouble, and, and making your way up to P2. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, just picked the right lanes to avoid the carnage, honestly. I uh, got a really good start. Uh, managed to get through turn one pretty cleanly, which is one of Kimball's keys, right? So you got to get through uh, turn one. And then uh, from then on out, yeah, there was obviously a bit of an incident between uh, Daniel Frost and Christian, which I I, I, I kind of saw it like happening, and I backed off and just gave him heaps of room. And luckily, because Christian came across the track in the dirt, so I, m I missed that, so that was good. And then just trying to chase Pedersen down, but he was just uh, too fast today. I ended up with the fastest lap, but I was spraying the push the bus, just trying to trying to get there at the end. I was fast at the end of the race, but he had me at the beginning. So congrats to him. He deserves the win. And uh, big thank you to Andretti Autosport for giving me a great car. We had a struggling uh, kind of weekend in terms of pace, but uh, in the race, I was fast. So we recovered. This awful, awful uh it sets you up awfully well, I should say, for uh, for next week with a couple of races to go in the series. And who knows, maybe opportunity is knocking for you. I hope so, yeah. We've had all positive talks uh, for next year, so nothing set in stone. But uh, I'll race for food, and uh, I love doing it. This is my passion. And big thank you to all my supporters, Urban Rebel, Mastermind, for making it happen. And, yeah, we'll see what we can get together for next year. P2 is a great way to finish when starting from P6. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Yeah, cheers. I'd just like to throw a shout-out to... To Bill, uh, one of my uh, good long-term friends, he finished second in the super trucks yesterday, so congrats to him as well. And I finished second today, so maybe the good luck rubbed off. Outstanding. Matthew Brabham, an excellent run today. Yeah, don't let anyone uh, tell you that there aren't grinders that won it badly. And uh, as Matthew Brabham put it, we'll race for food. Guys that are uh, just trying to make uh, careers out of uh, this road to Indy system. Uh, great second-place finish for Brabham. Let's hear from our race winner. First of his career, Alex Wolf, And uh, I know he's got a lot of happy folks with HMD down there to congratulate Benjamin Peterson, your race winner today. Getting absolutely swarmed, Benjamin. It was really a perfect weekend, fastest in practice on the pole position, getting the win. How was it out there? Was it as uh, easy as it seemed from the outside? Uh, I mean, you have to, to earn it for sure. You have to stay really focused. Uh, managing push to pass. My driver coach, JJ, was, was keeping me updated every lap. Ah, yeah, what a day. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this one. Oh, you certainly will. It's saying in the Pacific Northwest, your home. And I said it was easy as far as being out in the front, but what were you thinking as that 83 car, Matthew Brabham, was closing in the end? Was it a situation where you were managing the gap, or was he really pushing on you? What were you thinking there? I wasn't thinking. I was just focusing on my own thing. <laughs> Honestly, there was not one thought that went into my head. I was just listening to what the team was telling me and then doing what they told me to do. So, yeah, I'm just so happy. And now as you look ahead to the final two races at Laguna Seca 2023 on the horizon as well, what do you think heading into this wrap-up weekend next week? I'm just focused on doing the same thing I did this week, just try to be fast all the time, win races, and 
you know, I can't do more than that, so that's that's all I can do. Well, enjoy the celebration, and best of luck next week at Laguna Seca. Thanks. Over to Dan Rusinowski. Let's talk to the points leader in this series, Linus Lundqvist, who finishes in P3 for today's race. Linus, because Matthew Brabham stayed ahead of you, you did not clinch the championship, but you're in a really, really great position going into next week. What were your thoughts on the day? Ah, you always want to win, uh, but honestly, we've, we've been lacking a little bit of pace all weekend, so um, you know, to, to get, away, get away with the podium, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Firstly, good that, that Daniel was okay. I think it was a pretty big shunt, so glad to see that he walked away. And congrats to my teammate Benjamin on his first win. You know, um, you know, it's been a long time coming for him, so happy for the team to get a 1-3. Uh, but for myself, obviously, we won a little bit more, and sure, we didn't clinch it right now, but I mean, goddamn, there's still two more races to go, so to even be in the position that we can show up to Laguna with a big margin, I mean, it's it's been a dream season so far, so I'm just enjoying it. Obviously, a motivating factor. Your owner Dale Coyne came over. Is it nice to see that the big guy comes over and is so encouraging? Oh yeah, especially now at the end of the season, it's even better. Uh, obviously, we'll see what's happening for for next year, but the connection with HMD and, and Dale Coyne is uh, definitely great to have. Well, congratulations on what's been a remarkable year for you. P3 today. We'll see you next week. Yes, thank you very much. Appreciate that, uh, Dan. Great job by Dan and Alex out on pit lane as uh, the podium for Linus Lundquist, his ninth of the year. Again, congratulations to Matthew Brabham on finishing second. And your race winner today for the first time at Indy Lights was Benjamin Peterson. Thanks for listening to today's coverage of the Indy Lights at Portland International Raceway. The winner again, Benjamin Peterson. Our driver analyst today was Davey Hamilton. In the pits, Alex Wolf and Dan Rusinowski. Our turn announcers were Mark Jaynes, Michael Young, and Ryan Marine. Our chief engineer, Rick Evans. Satellite and technical support by Scott Burgett. Our producer is Sam Rumsa. The network director is Chris Pollock. My name's Nick Yeoman. Don't go away. There is more to come right here on IndyCar Radio. Mark Jaynes, Davey Hamilton, and the rest of the IndyCar Radio crew we back at 3 o'clock Eastern to bring you flag-to-flag -flag coverage of the Grand Prix of Portland, streaming right here on your phone, tablet, computer, on Sirius XM Channel 160 and a radio station near you. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.